we are going through a series called Glimpses of Calvary. I just want to bring your attention to that we have some Easter invites out in the lobby. So I want to encourage you to grab a couple of these, invite someone to join us for Easter, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, lots of exciting things that are going on. Last week, we we started this series called Glimpses of Calvary, uh, and we looked at the story of Abraham sacrificing or about to sacrifice his son Isaac, and we saw how that pointed to Christ and and all that Christ would accomplish for us on Calvary. Today, I want to look at Calvary through a completely different lens, right, to see a different story, as Bethany read for us, and how... Uh, Calvary points to, or this story points towards this holistic healing that God wants to accomplish in our life, all because of what Jesus has done for us on Calvary. Uh, Last year, uh, I shared a message about Christ our Savior and Christ our Healer. And after the message, uh, Nancy Wilson, who's in charge of our Master's Pantry program, shared with me a story that I wanted to share with you about her mom how when Nancy was 15, her mom contracted uh, blood poisoning and was in the hospital dying, and she had 109.5 fever. She was delirious, and she was in ICU. Avenue Road Alliance Church, which was the church that she was attending at the time, uh, was praying for her and praying for a miracle that she would be healed. In spite of her delirious state, God brought to her mind, the beautiful hymn that had the words, he touched me uh, and healed me, and talking about touching the hem of his garment. And Nancy's mom saw a bright light, and so she reached out to touch that light, and she was immediately healed. Her uh, Her mom was wonderfully touched by the Lord. The next day, Nancy went with her family and she thought originally that this would be the last time that she would be seeing her mom. And instead, when she walked into the room, she saw her mom sitting up in bed. Her temperature was down to normal and it was a complete and total miracle. Isn't it amazing that Jesus is our healer? That we can trust in him regardless of the situation. We read these verses in John 3, um, verses 14 and 15, but here is the connection between what we read in, um, in Numbers and what we're reading here in John 3. As Jesus says, as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Right? And so, so here's the connection. This happened in the Old Testament as we read the story uh, already, okay? And now Jesus makes the connection to say, hey, whatever, what, what happened in that story was actually just a little glimpse. What happened in that story was just a little foretaste, was just a little shadow of the true thing that would happen when Jesus would be lifted up on a pole or on a cross. So we, we saw the story. The children of Israel, they were doing their usual murmuring and complaining, the regular that they were doing in the wilderness. And they were complaining against Moses. They were complaining about the manna. They were complaining about the food that they had to eat. As a result, these poisonous snakes came and bit them and many of them died. And so when they saw that, then they went back to Moses and said, Moses, we're sorry, we repent. Please forgive us, help us, intercede for us, pray for us, Moses. And so Moses went to the Lord and prayed for them. And the Lord told Moses, make, uh, make a, a, a bronze serpent, make a serpent and put it on a, on a pole or on a cross, okay? 
and whoever looks on that bronze serpent, whoever looks on that pole, they will be healed. And, and that's what happened. Now, you might ask the question, how can Jesus dying on Calvary, dying on a cross, be compared to a, a serpent? Isn't the serpent supposed to be the enemy? Isn't the serpent supposed to be something negative and something bad? Well, let's look a little bit at the story, but a, 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 a few glimpses here. The first one is this that Jesus is the true manna that came down from heaven. The beginning part of the story has to do with manna, that the children of Israel, they're complaining about the manna. They're complaining about the food that was given to them. Verse five in Numbers 21 says, there is nothing to eat here. There's the children of Israel complaining and nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manna, right? So they're complaining, they're upset. In this manna, we get a little glimpse a glimpse into Calvary, a glimpse into the life of Jesus, a glimpse into the heart of God, that how God daily provided them the physical nourishment of manna actually points towards Jesus, who is our daily manna and provides sustenance and strength. What, what God wanted them to enjoy in manna was not just understanding and knowing the physical nourishment for their bodies to keep them physically healthy and whole, but also to understand that they weren't going to live just by physical bread, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In, in Psalm 78, it says, he rained down manna for them to eat. He gave them the bread of heaven. Manna was given as, as their daily bread, but the reality of that physical provision pointed to something greater. And what was that? In Deuteronomy, we see this. He says here, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it. Why did he feed them with manna? Here he gives them the reason. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So this is, this is God pulling back the curtain a little bit, giving them a sneak peek, giving them a glimpse into the larger story. They see just manna as physical food. They just see manna as nourishment in the wilderness to sustain them physically, bodily, so that they can endure this journey. But here, God opens the pages a little. God gives them a little bit of a glimpse and says, hold on, the manna wasn't just physical nourishment, but it was to teach you that you don't live just by bread alone, because I can do that easily. But you live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Because what God wanted to teach them was not just the physical sustenance and physical nourishment that their physical body needed. But what God wanted to teach them was the sustenance that their spirit and soul needed that came from the word of God. And that's why it's so important, friends, for us to be reading the word of God, living in the word of God, eating the word of God. Because Jesus, when he came, all of this was to point towards the real thing. The glimpse was there in the Old Testament. The reality is seen in the New Testament. The glimpse or the shadow was seen in the Old Testament manna. The reality was when Jesus came, he said in John 6, yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. Look at what Jesus says here. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. See, that manna in the wilderness pointed towards Jesus, the living word of God. In the beginning was the word, 
And the word was with God and the word was God. And so that manna in the Old Testament that they thought was just a physical sustenance and they murmured and they complained about it was actually pointing towards something greater, that it was the word of God that would sustain them, that it was the voice of the Lord that would sustain them. And let me encourage you, friends, that God has given us his word to eat it, to delight in it, to meditate on it. And if we're not reading God's word, then what are we actually doing? We're starving ourselves from the nourishment that God wants us to have. The physical, the, the, the spiritual nourishment that comes in our soul and in our spirit. Jesus said in, in Matthew 4, he told them, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Remember the, remember the context of, uh, of what we read in John 3. Jesus said, I will be lifted up just like Moses lifted up that bronze serpent in order to do what? To give people eternal life. John 3.16, right? John 3.15, we read those verses a couple of times already now, right? The idea of Jesus being lifted up on that pole, the living word of God points to the fact that he wanted to give them eternal life. Food can sustain us physically in this world. The word of God will sustain us eternally, forever and ever. Food will give us some physical strength and nourishment today and tomorrow and the day after. But Jesus, as the manna, as the living word of God who came down from heaven, comes to give us eternal life. And his word, his voice, sustains us forever and ever. It was from the beginning of creation when God spoke and the word, the word was there that was there in all of creation. And we see the word becoming flesh in Jesus Christ. They were complaining. They didn't want the manna. How about us? Are we following in the same footsteps of the children of Israel? That we complain about the word of God? We complain about Jesus. We complain about this thing and that thing. We complain about uh, the will of God in our lives, the pathway God is asking us to take. We complain about this thing happening and that thing happening. We can become discouraged like the children of Israel became discouraged. They were in the wilderness and they became discouraged about so many different things. And maybe we can be following in those same footsteps and say, I can't obey that. I can't serve in this way. I can't do that. I can't wait any longer. I can't receive this correction. I can't submit to Moses or fill in the blank of whoever that is. I can't submit to my leaders. I can't submit to Jesus. I can't have this manna every single day. We can fall into the same trap of the children of Israel and see things in a very literal, physical way where they saw just manna's food for nourishment. Whereas again, in Deuteronomy, the, the page was, was rolled back a little bit for them to be able to see, hold on, it's much more than this physical manna. It's the sustenance of your soul and your spirit. In Psalm 107, it says, he sent out his word and healed them. He sent out his word and heal them. And it's amazing how the children of Israel, they're complaining, complaining, and then finally Moses is the one that, that is asked to pray for them. And today at the end, at, at, during our service, near the end of our service, we're gonna have an opportunity. Our elders are gonna be here and we're gonna anoint with oil and pray in obedience to God's word. We'll share a little bit about that at the end. And we're gonna ask the Lord for healing. He sent his word 
and he healed them. This is what God does through his word. Jesus, the living word of God. Jesus, the manna that came down from heaven. His word comes to us. Jesus comes to us. The voice of God comes to us. The living word of God comes to us. And he heals us through the power of his word today. There's truth in this. That the children of Israel, they murmured against Moses. They murmured against the manna. They, they allowed the snakes to come and bite them. And then they repented and God provided healing for them. If we today repent of our sins and turn to Jesus, if we today repent of our sins, turn to Jesus, look to Calvary, there's healing for us. There's healing in our body. There's healing in our soul. There's healing in our spirit. The, the spiritual healing is much more important. God can heal our body today. It's mortal, it's finite, it'll die later on. But God's word comes to our soul. God's word comes to our spirit and he speaks eternal life. That's why he says, I must be raised up. And if I do that, I will give eternal life to all those who believe on me. That's the way greater blessing. That's the most important thing. Keep our eyes on Jesus. There was a story when Jesus was walking the face of this earth, a centurion of that day, he had a servant who was sick. And so he sent a message saying, Jesus, can you come and heal my servant? And so the Jewish people said, okay, you know, you should do this for this man. Please go, you know, could you do this? And so Jesus on his journey to the centurion's house to heal his servant and as he's on his way, the centurion sends a servant to Jesus and says, hold on, Jesus. I'm not even worthy, Jesus, that you would come to my house. But somehow this centurion had a revelation, the living word of God, the voice of the Lord in flesh, the voice of the Lord incarnate. Somehow, I don't know how, this man had faith to believe this is the living word of God. This is the manna that came down from heaven. And he told Jesus, he said, Jesus, you don't need to come. I'm not even worthy for you to come into my house. But Lord, speak a word. But Lord, speak a word. But Lord, send your word and heal my servant. You don't need to come physically into my house. Send your word and my servant will be healed. You are the voice of the Lord. You are the living word of God. Just speak a word. And Jesus looked around and he saw the other disciples and he said, I have not even seen this kind of faith in Israel. And he sent them on their way and that servant was healed. How? The word was sent forth. The voice of the Lord. The living manna that came down from heaven that the children of Israel complained about. But when it came down incarnate in flesh, he spoke the word and it happened. The second thing, Jesus, the, the, the glimpse that we get through the story of the brazen serpent, the glimpse that we get of Moses raising up this serpent in the wilderness on this pole is that Jesus took the curse for us. The serpent was the first uh, creature that the Lord pronounced a curse on. You can go back and read it in Genesis 3, Garden of Eden, serpent deceived uh, Adam and Eve, and God pronounced a curse. And so the serpent actually represents the curse. And Paul talks about it in Galatians, how people are justified by faith, not by the law. Rather, the law brings a curse on us. 
in Deuteronomy chapter 28, it's a long chapter, it speaks about the blessings and the curses. And so for the first few verses, it talks about some blessings, but then in, chapter, in verse 15, it says this, but if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God, if you refuse to listen to the voice of the Lord your God, the word of the Lord, and do not obey all of his commandments, do not obey his word, do not obey what he's telling you to do, I am giving you to, that I'm giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you, right? This is verse 15. Do you know what verse the chapter ends on? 68. There's another 53 verses of curse this, curse that, curse this, curse that. There's a lot of curses in this one chapter. If you don't obey the voice of the Lord, all of these curses, God says, is going to come and overwhelm you. And unfortunately, from Adam and Eve, all throughout humanity, we have a problem of not obeying the commandments. You put a sign on the wall that says, wet paint, do not touch. What's happening? Is it really wet? Did God really say don't eat of this fruit? Are you sure this is what God told me not to do? But look at what Jesus does on Calvary. This is the most amazing thing. This is the wonderful glimpse that we get. Brazen serpent lifted up. There's a cursed serpent that's on there. God says it's so strange. It's so mind-boggling. Look at a serpent and you'll be healed. But what he was talking about was pointing towards Jesus. Because in Galatians 3, it says, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. So when it says you're pronounced by the law, he's talking about Deuteronomy 28, all of these curse, 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 53 verses of curses. Here it says, Jesus rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing, for it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who, who is hung on a tree. See, this is the glimpse. The brazen serpent is lifted up. It's a serpent. It's a curse. Look at that. You will be healed, pointing towards Jesus being raised up on the cross, hanging there. He's hanging there, and he is taking the curse. He has become the curse for us. In one foul swoop, Jesus negates all of Deuteronomy 28 curses and says, don't worry. I know you are a disobedient people, so guess what? I am taking the curse for you. Isn't that amazing? I am taking the curse for you. Okay, obviously, I'm the only one excited about the fact that Jesus is taking the curse for me. Jesus has done that. That's, it was a glimpse that the people got. And we see the reality on the cross of Calvary as Jesus hangs there and he becomes a curse for us. And now through Calvary, we are free from all the curse. We are liberated. We are forgiven. We are cleansed. We are sanctified. God has done so much for us. He takes away the curse. It is no longer through the deeds of the law that someone is justified. It is no longer through the righteous acts of a person that they can attain salvation and attain entrance in, into heaven. It is no longer all about that. It is no longer about striving and trying to do good because Jesus takes the curse. He hangs on the tree. He takes it all. And now he says, it's not about what you do. It's about what I have done. It is not about what righteousness you can try to get. It is about the righteousness that I give you. 
This is the beauty of Calvary. It is the grace and the gift of eternal life. It is through Calvary that we are blessed. It is not by our own good deeds that this blessing comes. It is by the good, gracious, kind, sacrificial gift of Jesus on Calvary to take the curse upon himself for us. As we talked about last week, he was the substitution for us. We deserved to hang on the cross. We deserved the judgment to come. We deserved the, the, the curse to come on us. But Jesus took it for us. Isaiah 45, it says, let all the world look to me for salvation. As Jesus is hanging on the cross, as Jesus is there, the curse for us, he became a curse for us so that we could be liberated, so that we could receive the blessing of God, that we could receive the blessing that comes by faith, not by the deeds of the law. He says here, look, let all the world look to me for salvation. Keep our eyes on Jesus. We're working through this Lent devotional. The whole devotional is about keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's not by ourselves that we are made righteous. They tried to do that in the Old Testament, and it never worked out. They tried to live righteously. They tried to obey the law. Well, guess what happened? They didn't obey the law and curse and curse and curse and curse and curse came. And so Jesus said, I'm coming. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the curse on myself so that you can be liberated. Now you don't no longer live according to the, the deeds of the law, but you live by the righteous acts of what I have done for you. You are justified not because of what you can do. You are justified because of what Jesus has done for you. Psalm 34 says, look, uh, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Well, there were shadows of shame that darkened people's faces for hundreds of years because they could not live up to the law. And sometimes even in our lives as well, we, the, the shadow of shame comes upon our face because we cannot live up to what we think God wants us to do. And because of that, for, for hundreds of years, because of the law, they couldn't live up to the law. The curse came upon them. But now there is joy because of what Jesus has done for us. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy because of the cross of Jesus. In Hebrews, the apostle says, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. As the children of Israel looked to the serpent, he brought that, that bronze serpent, when they looked at it, it brought life and healing to them. Jesus is that curse on Calvary for us. And as we look to him, he brings us life and healing. Eternal life, as we read in John 3. That's the blessing that he wants us to have. In John 12, it says, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He'll draw people into eternal life. Mary Magdalene in the Bible, she was, she was possessed by evil spirits. And along comes Jesus one day. And Jesus speaks a word to her. And she's delivered. She's healed from, the, from those demons. And what happens? She follows Jesus after that. It says her and some others, they ministered to Jesus of the things that God had blessed them with. She became a follower of Jesus. She was drawn to Jesus because of what he did in healing her. The last thing, Jesus brings us holistic healing. 
Last year, we, we, we saw, as we shared about Christ our healer and Christ our savior, we saw the Greek word in the New Testament, that word sozo. It means healing and salvation. It's a very holistic experience. And in this particular glimpse of Calvary, we see the truth of healing. It all started out with the children of Israel complaining and murmuring about the manna. They refused God's word. They refused Moses and also the manna, which represented the word of God. One of the, one of the first things that the Lord promised the children of Israel, when after they were, came out of Egypt, they came through the Red Sea, they're in the wilderness. One of the first things is a healing covenant in Exodus 15. Look at what it says. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commandments and keeping all of his... This is failure, failure, failure right here. Like, how are we supposed to live up to that? Is that possible? Deuteronomy 28 says something similar and says, if you don't do all this, then curse, 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 curse. He says here, if you do all of this and, and keep all my commandments, then I will, make you, I, will, I will not make you suffer any of these diseases I sent upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. This was the healing covenant that God made and they failed and failed and failed and failed again. They couldn't do that. Frankly, we can't do that. But the glimpse that's there of this brazen serpent being lifted up on this pole, they failed, curse came. They failed, curse came. They failed, curse came. They failed, curse came. This is the story over and over and over and over again. So Jesus comes and says, hold on. Let me be lifted up. I'll take the curse for you. 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 You can't obey, it's tough, it's hard. Like how many times are we disobeying? So he says, I'll take the curse for you. It's not about what you do, it's about what Jesus is. Now, this, please don't misunderstand, it doesn't mean that we can just go sin, 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 whatever, and you know, everything like that, everything is all, all forgiven and forgotten. No, God gives us grace to obey him. God fills us, we come to the throne of grace, find mercy and grace to help in time of need. But the beautiful larger picture is that it's not about what we do, it's about what Jesus has done for us. And that's why um, he sent his word and healed them. His word is what comes to first save us. This word sozo, salvation and healing. He sends his word to save us. He sends his word to heal us. The children of Israel, they murmured against the manna. They disobeyed the voice of the Lord. Serpents came to bite them. But when they repented, when they looked at the serpent, when they came back to Moses and said, Moses, I'm sorry. Moses, okay, once you've lifted up that, that serpent on a, on a pole, they received healing. And the same thing can happen for us. We were enemies of God. Maybe even now we are enemies of God, not listening to the voice of the Lord, not listening to the word of God, not being obedient to the word of God. But yet when we repent and look to the cross, look to our savior Jesus, as he hung on the cross as the curse for us, then there's salvation for our souls. There's healing for our entire being. There's blessing that comes by faith. This is what Jesus did on Calvary. Isaiah 53 says, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped 
so that we could be healed. This is what Jesus has done for us. He was pierced, he was crushed, he was beaten, he was whipped for us. James 5 says, and the prayers offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Can you see the connection here? This aspect of zozo, salvation and healing coming together. Healing and forgiveness going together. But the verse that comes before this, it encourages us to humble ourselves. As the children of Israel, in their murmuring and in their complaining against Moses and against the manna, they needed to humble themselves and go to Moses and say, Moses, we're wrong. Please help us. The verse before this in James says, is any among you sick? Well, let's humble ourselves. Let's call the elders of the church to pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And then the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. This is what the word of the Lord says. Can I encourage you today? We're gonna pray for healing. And whether you need physical healing, whether you need spiritual healing, whether you need emotional healing, whatever you might need today, Jesus, our holistic healer, is here today. I can't guarantee any healing, because guess what? It's not about Daniel. It's not about our elders. It's not that we have any special power, but we obey God's word. And if you today as well, if we humble ourselves in obedience to God's word and say, as the psalmist said, Lord, my God, I call to you for help and you healed me. Lord, my God, I call to you for help and you healed me. There was a woman who had an infirmity for, for 12 years and she saw Jesus around and knowing that Jesus was the healer. Somehow faith came into our heart that said, if, if I can just, just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. That's all I need to do. There was an action that she was looking to do. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And she did. She came with faith, believing the word of God. She came with faith, trusting in the word of God. Jim, please feel free to come to the piano. And I want to give you a couple of instructions first, because we're going to pray for healing right now. Again, we don't have any strength or power on our own. We trust Jesus. And so our elders are going to be here. We're going to be in a, in a few different groups here in the front. And I want to invite you to, to come forward. And as you, when you come, if you want to mention specifically what you're asking for healing to the elders, if it's, can you pray for my leg or can you pray for me emotionally, feel free to do that. If you don't want to mention anything and, and it's something private and you just want prayer, just tell them, can you just pray for healing, please? And they'll anoint you with oil and they'll pray a prayer of faith. And that prayer of faith we give to Jesus. When you come, don't put your eyes on the elders. 
Don't put your eyes on the people that are here because we don't have any power. Put your eyes on Jesus because he has all the power. We're doing this because we're obeying God's word because this is what the word of God says. And so we pray in faith and believe. For those of you that are watching online, one of our hosts would love to be able to pray with you, so feel free to request for prayer and they will pray with you. If you would like one of the elders to anoint you with oil and pray, go to uachome.org slash pray with me and just fill out that form and we would love to connect with you this week and, and be able to come and pray for you and anoint you with oil and pray that prayer of faith. And for those watching online, we're gonna have some scripture verses displayed there that you could be meditating on and thinking on during this time. And I wanna encourage you, if, if you're not gonna come forward, this is not the end of our service. We're gonna sing a song after all of this. If you need to leave, you're welcome to leave. But I wanna encourage you just to stay and be in the presence of God and keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm gonna invite the elders to please come now uh, to the front over here. And as they're doing that, I wanna encourage you, believe in Jesus. Believe in the promises of God. Believe in the word of God. He sent his word, Jesus. He sent his word, Jesus. The manna that came down from heaven that comes to heal us. Lord Jesus, we look to you at this time. We admit that we have no power or no strength of our own. We admit that we are in desperate and utter need of you. As Moses lifted up that pole and the children of Israel looked at that serpent and they were healed. Oh Lord, our eyes are upon you. Oh God, we look to you. Lord, I call to you for help and you healed me. Lord Jesus, our healer, we ask you to come and heal us now.